Welcome to the 23rd episode of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here on Chess Journeys, we seek to not only highlight the great success of ratings gains, but also delve into the uh, problems of ratings loss and the plateaus and the pits of despair. We look at all the stories here on Chess Journeys. Uh, before we get going, I do want to announce uh, a really exciting thing. I'm uh, sponsored now by Chessable. We'll keep doing what we're doing. Everyone loves Chessable. Chessable's great. There we go. Uh, and if you want to support the show on Patreon, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. We have a new Rook supporter, Jim Ratliff. And uh, thanks to the Queen supporters every week, Jay Tuttle, Terry King, and Andrew Perry. All right. Well, this week, I'm bringing in a special guest we've been communicating on Twitter. He's got some cool stuff to talk about, an exciting journey to share with us. Joel, welcome to the show. And have you gotten to play any chess today? Hey, Kevin. Good to be on your show. Uh, thanks for inviting me. And uh, yes, I actually did. I, I, I've actually listened to your podcast. So I knew that question was coming. And I was like, I better Ooh. play some chess. Oh, that's and, smart uh, right there. So I did. I played a few rapid games and I lost all three of them. And I thought that's just going to be a really bad intro. Hmm. So I played hmm. a fourth one and oh. I won. So okay. we're just going to talk about that fourth game. Okay, so much like Nepo and Magnus, you're down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was in the I was in the hole for three games for sure. Yeah, and just to be clear, this will release well after the end of the tournament. Yes, and I am going to predict Nepo loses at least one more. I feel like he is unraveling. I feel terrible for him. He's amazing, but boy, things are the wheels are coming off. Yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, following the World Championship. I'm sure with every chess fan, this is kind of like the highlight of the, the last couple of years uh, leading up to it. Full disclosure, huge, huge Magnus fan. But yeah, mm. you can't you can't help but uh, feel bad for Nepo. You got to give the man credit. He is phenomenal under the let's just say less than uh, desirable questions that are being asked to him in those press press conferences. I heard I heard a question today. Of course, this is going to be in the in the past, but it was it was along the lines of do you do you have a desire to win or is, do you want to win this or something like that? Are you trying to win? And uh, and he was like, that was an absurd question. But uh, so I agreed with him. Yeah, there have been a lot of absurd questions. I feel yeah, I, like if you're winning and you get absurd questions, it's kind of funny. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you're losing in the just gut-wrenching yeah. ways nepo yeah. is those questions yeah. are not funny i do have to say game six was remarkable um i don't know if you followed it or oh was, yeah yeah that was what magnus did in that position was just phenomenal i showed that to uh my chess class actually and mm. uh, they thought it was cool of course we didn't go through every one of the 136 moves <laughs> but uh hit the highlights yeah yeah that's a tough one okay so before we get too deep it's important for the listeners to know what does your life look like? You're an adult improver. What does your life look like? Do you have a career? Do you have a family? Do you have other obligations? Or, or Joel, are you a professional full-time chess player? Well, I'm a professional. No, I, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm a dad, a husband. I have four kids. Uh, they're all uh, 10 and under. So they're in the even numbers now, 10, eight, six, and four right now, uh, evenly spaced out. I'm actually an assistant pastor. That's my job. And uh, so, but I love chess. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I'm not a professional. I would definitely consider myself an adult improver. Although I guess I'm trying to improve. Um, that would be that. Okay. Um, and what is your current rating based on whatever ratings metric you use? 
Yeah, and I, I like that question. Um, technically, the only one that actually matters to me is my official USCF rating. But it is, uh, that one is like uh, 1670 something or whatever. It's bounced around. It was over 1700 and then it dropped back down. Now, 99.9% .9 of the chess that I play is online. So, and it, depending on which site and which uh, time control, it varies. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the tricky thing, right? I feel the same way. The only one that matters is USCF and I play like two tournaments a year and it's impossible for it to accurately measure. Exactly. That is literally where I'm at. I play about a couple tournaments a year. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so let's start real quick, I guess, with your history in chess. It looks like you started playing at a much younger age. Did you give it up at some point? Have you just been going straight through since you were five and you reached <laughs> 1600 and you've been there for 20 years and grinding it a, out? Where are you at? I was a 1600 prodigy. Uh, no, um, I, I did learn how to play chess when I was a kid, uh, or I guess uh, young, uh, almost teenager. I was 12 years old. Friend taught me how to play. And uh, I, I remember distinctly, I was grounded and uh, I couldn't like play video games or watch TV. And my friend's like, hey, you want to learn how to play chess? And I was like, sure, let's do that. I got this <laughs> lame thing we can do instead of the cool thing. Yeah. You know, those old like uh, paper or like cardboard boards that were oh, like yeah. black and red. And then the pieces, if you if you just breathed on or talked near them, they would all fall down. Sure. That's how I learned. Well, he taught me how the pieces moved. And um, this is in the mid 90s. So, you know, the internet wasn't really, I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't as easily accessible as it is now dial up and everything. So I was just hooked immediately. I went home and uh, actually like we had an Encyclopedia Britannica that'll date us right there. And I'm like, I'm like scanning through looking at chess and I'm trying to read up anything I know about it and uh, convince my parents to go to the bookstore. We got uh, my first book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Chess, which I still believe uh, it's been republished to uh, play chess like a boss or something like that by Patrick Wolf. Mm. Phenomenal book. They kind of gave me a foundation, but um, I, I got that chess bug right off the bat. I was kind of almost like obsessed with it for a while there, but I never got into the scholastic chess scene, which I kind of regret. And I never really played over the board. Um, I found, I did play a little bit online. This is like, this is, <laughs> this is uh, like Yahoo chess. And uh, uh, there was a website, I think it was chess.net or something like that. It was way before chess.com. And uh, so I played a little bit. And then in high school kind of didn't really play much college, not at all. It wasn't until I was an adult, married, and kind of established, I was like, hey, chess seems cool. So I, uh, I remember uh, buying four books. Uh, one of the two of them were the Silman's Endgame books, the Silman Strategy book, and then like two openings book. I was like, I'm going to read these four. I'm going to be a master. So yeah, that was, uh, that was like 10 years ago. So <laughs> do that actually, like those are some pretty good choices for becoming yeah, a master. Yeah. Did I, did I finish, re finish reading them? No, I did not finish reading them. So. And that's why you're not a master. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. <laughs> um, real quick, returning to scholastic stuff. Did you not join scholastic because you just weren't really aware of it or were you, were you aware of it? And you were like, yeah, it's not really for me. It was not even on my radar. I didn't even know that that was a thing actually until, you know, my adult life. I just, I, looking back, we grew up in Oregon and evidently there was a pretty large, like in the Portland, Eugene area and everything like that. There was a pretty large amount of scholastic uh, available, but yeah, didn't, didn't know about it. So didn't really get into it. Yeah. That's a similar situation as me. If I would have known 
Like I thought I was great at chess. Yes, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't, but I would have definitely gone to play with some other kids and have yeah. them waxed me. Yeah. Um, if had I known, but I, I didn't even realize that was a thing. I just moved on to like Stratego or or Monopoly yeah. or whatever. And but, Stratego was my second favorite game. So hey, we have a lot in common. Good stuff. Good stuff. There we go. Yeah, Stratego's a fun one. Um, okay, so so you're an adult now. You mm-hmm. picked back up chess. Yes. What does that look like for you? Are you trying to do uh, a Neil Bruce chess punks method of doing an hour every day? Are you just doing what you can? Cause you have a million children. Uh, you know, what, what does that look like for you? Well, yeah, I, I have all the time in the world with four kids, so that's not a problem. No. Um, you know, shout out to the godfather of the chess punks, Neil Bruce. Um, a lot of inspiration there. Matter of fact, I would attribute a lot of my recent chess growth or this, the, taking it more seriously to the Twitter chess punks community. It's just always very encouraging to jump on Twitter and to see what other people are doing and get ideas. And, and really all, even like a lot of the podcasts that came out, I know that um, Ben Johnson's first was the first one. And then many podcasts like yourself are popping on. I love, I absolutely love when I see another chess podcast up there and um, just hearing what other people are doing and just get inspired. So, but yeah, as far as, as far as what that's going to, what's it, what it's looking like, I, I got back into chess, I, I would say like 10 years ago, as I really got back into it, but I, I had no, no focus, no plan. I mean, I was just like, I'm going to study this opening, and then I'm going to study another opening, and I'm going to study, and I just went back and forth with like tons of openings, but then probably in the last couple of few years, I've taken it more seriously, um, you know, trying to be more systematic, uh, not spending as much time in openings and uh, uh, doing tactics and all those, all the things that we're supposed to do. Gotcha. So basically you bought a couple books. You just, I, here's a question. How quickly did you realize, oh, I'm not going to easily attain master? Yeah, that, um, that is a cold, hard reality once you start playing over the board. Um, it, you know, it, it's interesting. I looked at my, because I knew we were going to get on this podcast and I was like kind of interested in my tournament, tournament history. I realized my first like over the board tournament, it was a local club tournament. And um, I had a provisional rating of like 1500. And here we are like 10 years later, and it's like 1665. And I'm thinking like, what happened? You know? Um, Yeah, that's if you want to know how to get 150 points, uh, or 100 points uh, in rating in 10 years, just talk to me. But um, now I would say that I know a lot more about chess now than I did back then. But maybe it's just because I'm not playing a lot of tournaments. um, I have seen growth in my online ratings for sure. Uh, so that's kind of encouraging, but, um, yeah. So when you, when you start playing in these tournaments, you realize, okay, becoming a a master is probably not something I'm going to shoot for. I would like to get to 2000 USCF as kind of a goal. I could see myself getting to, I know you hear a lot of people say, well, when you're older, you can't improve. And then some like, they just, I just refuse to believe that. And so, I enjoy, I think now more than ever, I enjoy the, uh, you know, no, I know your podcast is called chess journeys, but I do, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy playing chess. I enjoy studying chess. I'm not so, um, you know, obsessed with my rating anymore. Um, I think I've, I've, I have a much healthier approach to chess than I did in the last couple of few years. Like, like when I first got started getting back in, I had this, um, I kind of, I, I went through multiple different phases, um, Maybe I can talk a little bit about that too, but uh, I, I had 
I don't know if you ever, did you ever hear a website or know of a website? I think it was called Chess Cafe or something like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's long gone. I don't, yeah. I don't even know. If I think it's actually it. still around. You can it, access. It, it like used to be, it used to be free and it was kind of a articles. Yeah. And I, when I first, when I like kind of in my adult white life, I was like, I'm going to get back in. I, I started listening to, I think I got a, a membership on ICC and I was watching some videos with uh, Dan Heisman, who I highly mm-hmm. respect. And matter of fact, his book, um, it was like a compilation of the articles he wrote in um, uh, Chess Cafe. It was like Chess Improvement or something like that. I read that cover to cover. I don't read a lot of books cover to cover, chess books. I, I buy a lot, but I don't really finish them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it was great. It was a huge help. But one of the things he really emphasized was playing long games. Like we're talking, you know, game 30 plus 30, game 45, 45. Um, and not playing blitz. Now, I probably, if I sat down and talked with him, he would probably say, hey, you know, you got to have a healthy balance. But I took it like no blitz at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so um, for a few years, I, I just did not. I mean, we, I'd go to the chess club and guys would be playing blitz. And I was like, yeah, I don't play blitz. I do over the board. And I was literally writing down all my moves at, at like a local, at the local chess club over the board. I still have those games. I've saved them all in chess space, you know. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, so I was just like, I'm only playing long games. Well, as an adult, you know, if, if I was a kid, if I was a kid and I got that instruction and I was playing, you know, in a tournament once a week and I was traveling all over and all I was playing as long as, yeah, I would have had, you know, exponential growth. But as an adult, some days I wouldn't have time to play. I mean, many days, many weeks, I wouldn't have time to play a 45, 45. So what happened is, is the amount of games I was playing was so little. Mm. And I was, I actually believe that that approach to only playing long games actually stunted my growth as a chess player. And uh, it wasn't until one of my friends who's probably around 2000 USCF, we were at a tournament together and like in between the round, we're like playing in this tournament and uh, in between the rounds, he's like on his phone, just like blitzing out bullet, you know, bullet chess. I'm like, why, how could you, how can you do that? You know, you're going to hurt your chest. He's like, honestly, he says, you need a bigger picture of the game. You need, you need, you need to, you need to play more games. And so I kind of took his instruction and, um, and then I got addicted to blitz, which is the other side of that coin. Uh, but uh, I started playing blitz and actually playing blitz, I think greatly helped my chess understanding. Um, now, obviously if you play it too much, then it, then, it, you know, there's no longer a benefit to it, but, uh, but yeah, kind of going away from just only playing like one really long game once every other week, to uh, to getting those reps in uh, helped me, I think, to get a, a picture, a better picture of the whole chess game. Yeah, I think I think just playing chess is the most important. Mm-hmm. And I think that notion of focusing on long games is right. But if it's a choice between playing long games or no games, and yeah. like you can, or sorry, the choice between no games and and faster time controls. I think you have to do that. That's like the reality of adult improvers, right? It's yeah. like, we can't always yeah. do the perfect program. We're always like figuring out how do I meld that great advice to this restrictive life approach I have to chess. Um, the, the, the sacrifice I've made is I don't play any blitz without increment. And the reason okay. is I want to get in my head. I don't want to get in my head that, I can do tricks to win this. Like I yeah. want to actually have yeah. to win by playing chess and maybe I'll get my opponent down to eight seconds, 
yeah. then they can shuffle their pieces, five second increment. Suddenly they have a minute and I can't win with like the ridiculous non-chess trick. I have to beat them with chess. That's very disciplined. I, uh, uh, I wish I could, I wish I could follow that, uh, that advice. I, I, I played the vast majority of my blitz is three minutes, uh, three minute three Oh, okay. um, yeah. which is, which is basically like bullet, a slow bullet. Uh, but, um, uh, and, and, you know, it's funny because I, I'm convinced that the different time controls within blitz affect what rating you have. Like, Hmm. My chess.com, I think my peak blitz rating got up to like 2000 um, playing 3.0. But I know that if I drop that down, if I had increment and I'm not able to like flag my opponent or something like that, I think that would drastically reduce. Um, I, 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 it's the same thing like rapid rating. Like I, I play a lot of, I try to play the, my most common time control now is 10 minutes. I like that amount of time. I don't really... If I'm playing somebody they suspect is cheating, I'm investing 20 minutes of my life. It's not like I'm investing two hours of, of time. And uh, and I feel like there's less cheaters than you do in some of the longer time controls. Um, that's another problem with online chess, I feel like. But um, but the 10-minute ratings on like chess.com and Lee Chess, I feel like are higher than maybe somebody that only plays, you know, 30 plus 30 or something like that on chess.com. Mm. So I don't know. I don't have any, any hard data. That's just my, uh, that's just my, my gut feeling. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think three Oh and five, five are basically different games, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. One is, yeah. one has flagging tricks and those are useful tricks for that type of time control. And yeah. then games where you can't have flagging tricks are yeah. different. It's the same thing. Like when I play rapid, I always play 1510 for the same reason that like, yeah, I want it to mirror real chess as much mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. And you're just not going to get flagging tricks if they get 10 yeah. second increment, you know, a couple of shuffles and boom, they're totally fine. For sure. For sure. But I, I do, I do have to say though, whenever I, uh, knowing kind of the way I, I, I think I learned chess, I did everything wrong leading up to kind of where <laughs> I'm at, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I, I got my brother-in-law into playing chess uh, about five or six years ago, and uh, he started playing on chess.com, and he he just kind of like jumped in. I'm just going to play Blitz, Blitz and Bullet, mm. and that's all I did. And it, his rating started out, it's really remarkable. His rating started out with, at like 600, mm-hmm. and right now he has a peak uh, Blitz rating of 1,900. And he... <laughs> wow. And literally what he did is he just played, he'd go mm-hmm. over his games and just played game after game and after game. And then he'd, he'd watch some YouTube videos, maybe some John Bartholomew videos or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if I was, whenever I'm telling somebody or teaching somebody with chess, I'm like, the most important thing you can do is play chess. Just play as often as you can go over your games. If you can, if you don't understand everything, try to ask somebody, but I'm really I've heard it recently on quite a few different podcasts, just the importance of, of playing games. It's um, I, we, we, we talk so much about, you know, strategy books, tactics, and all those things, but uh, nothing, I don't think anything can substitute the actual act of playing chess. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. The funny thing is about the, the blitz thing. Like I, like those are the arenas and I was recently invited to like, Hey, you should play in this five Oh blitz tournament. I'm like, I'm going to lose every game. Like I don't, I don't train for that type of blitz. Five, five is a totally different type of blitz. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just like, like one night I played in a three O arena. Oh, I yeah. lost like 18 straight games. My rating just like, I don't care about my blitz rating, but I don't yeah. like to lose 18 straight games. <laughs> exactly. <fun>. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And those arenas are not easy either. Um, yeah. I, I see a lot of people that uh, seem if you want to play, if you want to lose rating points, play in, play in those, uh, play in those open arenas online for sure. Yeah. So what is your balance looking like right now? Are you still trying to balance slower time controls with blitz or are you just like blitz is what I have time for in the way my life works. I just use my playing time for blitz. Well, actually, uh, very good question. Um, thanks to again uh, the chess punks community, um, I uh, I'm I feel bad. I'm forgetting the the lady that first introduced the hundred hundred games, a hundred days of chess. But um, Jesse, I don't think so. Maybe, no, it was it was Jess, Jesse. Yes. So, okay. um, uh, thanks to her idea. Um, it kind of spread out. So I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think that was who it was, but uh, mm. I, I forgot who I first saw it from, but I sure. did that. I did the hundred days of chess and that actually was like a blitz detox for me um, mm. because I didn't, uh, I really didn't play much blitz at all. And when I, I'm trying to, I mean, like maybe a few games in those hundred days. And I really tried to focus on playing some rapid games and do chess study and so that's been a really a, a healthy thing since that's been over my big kind of future event is I'm, I'm hoping to play in the, um, the North American open here in, in Vegas, uh, uh, at the end of this month, actually, right after, mm -hmm. right after, right after Christmas. And so, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So really my chess time each and every day is focused on, um, more serious stuff. I'm trying to play less blitz. Um, I'm playing rapid games. I'm doing calculation puzzles. That's actually something that I've not done much uh, in my chess training. I do a lot of tactics. I do a lot of, uh, you know, um, some strategy, uh, reading some books on strategy and stuff like that, studying end games. I actually love end games. Um, I love studying end games. Um, but the calculation puzzles where you set up the position on the board, give yourself, you know, uh, 10, 15 minutes, I about 10 minutes is my max. I'll, and I write out the moves. I've been doing that, um, for the last couple of weeks. And, um, I am, that is humbling because, uh, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I got this. I, I nailed this, this puzzle, no problem. And you write it down. There is no lying to yourself. You cannot, <laughs> you, you cannot say, oh yeah, I saw that variation because um, it's not in your notes. And uh, so that is, uh, that's probably the most difficult thing for me to do is to actually like, hey, you know, after a long day of work or after the, after spending time with the kids, you know, getting a, a physical chessboard, it's a lot easier for you to pop up my iPad, jump on to uh, Lee Chess or chess.com knock out some puzzles or, or the forward chess app. I'm a huge fan of the forward chess app or hit some chessable lines, but uh, getting the board out, uh, kind of simulating that tournament experience. That's kind of what I'm, that's my big focus each and every day. If I can hit those. Mm. All right. Quick question. What are you using to generate these positions? Where are they coming from? Yeah. Uh, your viewers, your listeners can't see it, but uh, I'm showing him. Uh, it's the, uh, chess school manual of chess combinations too. And, mm. um, 
I actually bought the full series. The number one is basic. I just, you can kind of blow through that pretty fast. It's the pretty basic mm -hmm. tactics. Um, I, I started, I kind of thought, well, one was easy. I'll just do three. Yeah. We're going to hold off on three for a, what, a little <laughs> bit and we're backing up the truck a little bit and I'm doing number two. Now, the nice thing is, um, I think, I want to say, uh, I hear you, you, you listen to so many of these podcasts and everybody's advice jumbles together. So to whoever uh, this, I want to say it was Kostya Kabuski that mentioned um, you want to study puzzles that, uh, you know, maybe you're getting at least, you know, 60, 50, 60% of them right. In other words, if you're getting like none of them right after all this time, it's going to be discouraging. And uh, so that's kind of, this is, this is perfect from where I'm at right now. Um, these puzzles are, um, they're really good. Yeah, I'm doing that as well with a book called The Best Move. And I have not taken that advice and I miss almost all of them because yeah. it's it's geared for like, you know, 2200 plus kind of player. And I'm like, I got this. And I don't got it at all. Now I'm actually doing, um, I'm doing uh, end game studies along with it. And I started with that domination with like a million, you know, it's like everybody, it's, it's the, it's the end game studies book that everybody talks about. I started that, that was way beyond what I was, where I was at. So there's this end game study book, practical end game studies by, um, it's on forward chess. I should look up the, uh, the author, but uh, anyway, they are still much too difficult for me, but um by the time you you go through the answer, you you look at the puzzle for a long, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, you strain to see if you can solve it, you fail, and then you go and you, okay, now it makes sense. And then they're kind of like, whoa, I would have never seen that, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, that's I'm definitely feeling that in in that book. Okay. Yeah. And and the reason I stick with it is because, like you said, I'm seeing almost everything I'm seeing gets mentioned, right? It's it'll yeah. be like, did you think this was the answer? good try but yeah. here's the problem here's the real answer i'm like okay at least i was like on the yeah. on a track it was that's the wrong great. track but it wasn't like a random thing i wrote down that's good so i get like some positive feedback on my way of losing all of them. the uh that is that is great the book i was talking about studies for practical players actually by trevor i didn't uh hmm. I, forgot, I forgot that but yeah they're really really hard like definitely not i'm definitely not solving them you know like oh i got hmm. this but uh, they, they, whoever they are say, uh, end game studies are good for, uh, you know, building that calculation. Uh, so been doing that. That's kind of my thing. I'm also, um, I recently, uh, really recently in the last few weeks started working with a, uh, with a chess coach. Um, and I found that to be very, very helpful. Nice. We'll come back to that in a second then. Um, have you tried Kavutsky's new, uh, chessable course? His, uh, he's got end an end game studies. Yeah, I, did, I, I actually purchased it and I started nice. it. I have a, um, I have a long uh, relationship with Chessable. I love Chessable. I use Chessable every day. I'm big on keeping their streaks. Well, what's uh, a streak? Well, I, I will look up right here. Mine's like oh, two got broken. It, I'm so it'll sad. probably surprise you. My, <laughs> my current streak is, uh, is 1807. What? <laughs> oh my God. You got me beat by just a smidge, just a few, just a few. So I, um, I've been using Chessable really, like I was a huge fan of John Bartholomew and then I heard about Chessable and then like, I've been using it, um, for, 
Uh, you know what? I just, I was looking, forgive me. It's, I was like, that seems high. My, uh, your, your listeners like, this is amazing. Yeah. 1483, 1483. I was looking, I was looking, I was looking at uh, my, my rubies, which is not the same. Uh, Uh, So yeah, 1483. There you go. So that's a lot of rubies too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't ever use them. I don't know what they're, I mean, I use them for like, uh, you know, I don't know. They're, they're cool to have, I guess, but um, no, um, I, I've, I've used Chessable. Uh, it started mainly just for openings like most did. And then um, I used it for tactics. I think it's excellent. Mm-hmm. I was going through the 100 end games. Uh, you must know. And I think, did you recently try to go through that or I started it and yeah. I just, I didn't dig it that much and I can tell it's high quality work. Yeah. It may just be like, I'm not even good enough at end games to, to really get enough from that. So I kind of pulled away from that. I'm doing other stuff. Well, I kind of agree with you. If it wasn't for John Bartholomew's video portion, Mm. which I love, I don't, I mean, I, I know it, it's almost heresy because everybody recommends that book to be like the greatest yeah. NBA book. And I'm still, I'm, I'm plugging through it. I'm, I want to get through it. I want to, I want to be able to finish it. And uh, you know, that way I can say, Hey, I finished 100 end games. You must know. Um, but yeah, but are um, you going to know the information or you just <laughs> finished it? Cause those are really different things <laughs> that the, the word that they use is must know. And uh, 100 end games I've reviewed, I will say yeah. that. 100 um, end games I've perused. Yeah, exactly. So um, to go back to your question originally, I have not gone through his course uh, yet. I did actually purchase it. It was on sale. And it's like, I, you definitely want to support uh, somebody like Kostya for sure. I think it's something I will go through. Um, and I'm also, I, I have a bad habit of, 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 of having way too many chessable courses than I'm actually, you know, finishing. But um, I think chessable is very good for tactics. It is awesome for openings. Um, but there's some, some, some things it's maybe not as great for and like, like maybe the strategies books and stuff like that. I've never, I've not really found uh them to be super super helpful but yeah i use it for tactics and openings like every day so yeah the nice thing about kostya's book is that it's basically a tactics book it's basically like end game tactics that's actually uh, or really at cool. least the puzzles yeah. leading up to the studies and so that's kind of what i've been using it for i i need i always want to work on it on tactics i've been focusing on end games lately so i figured just seeing some more end game tricks if nothing else is going to be useful for my end game study, even if it's not like how to win in a rook pawn, but just like I, I found in a couple of games recently where it was like, it was an end game. And my brain was like, all right, time to flip to end game mode. Where do I position my rook? And then I was like, wait, yeah. I think there's a trick here actually. And like, yeah. I was actually yeah. like, he put in my head, you should still be looking for, looking for tactics. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. That was good. Well, you've, uh, you've inspired me. I'll have to, I'll have to, uh, take a look at it again for sure. All right. And if you could loan me part of your streak, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like exactly. The, okay. Here's the, here's the reality though. I kind of like being at a low streak. Yeah. Then yeah. I, the way I use chessboard a lot doesn't count. It's annoying. Like I'll, I'll load it up and I'll go through some lines. I don't review them. Mm-hmm. I just like look at them because I want to see all the text yes. and then, then I close it and it doesn't, it doesn't count. count. That's yeah. fine, but it relieves the pressure to like do chessable in the gamified way. I can just do it in my way and I don't have to worry. Yeah. About it. It's I, I, 
I kind of go back and forth like that. Yeah, if I lost my streak, I'd probably be like depressed for a day and yeah, then get over you'd it. Probably cry actually. I, I, I would. I would. I would probably cry after uh, 1400 days. I'm trying to <laughs> hit the 2000, you know. Um, but I do like that it's something every day that even if it's one tactic, even if it's one tactic, I'm not saying I'm like, I'm not breaking any records with my, uh, my points or anything like that, you know, but um, some of these you know, people that get on chess and they're already like an eternal status after a few, a few years, a year or something like that. But, um, but yeah, it, it just, it's, it's the consistency. It, it kind of helps me. And the fact that the streak has gotten as big as it is, it, it's something I, I, I try not to forget. <laughs> yeah. And it's also kind of the Neil Bruce me- methodology of like, yeah, that's at least the minimum every day. Yeah. You're like, I did that piece of my chest study. Mm-hmm. I can feel at least good enough that I did that um, yeah, rather than feel like you have to do two hours or something. I really enjoyed your last interview with him and mentioning that idea of, you know, if you have a baseline, um, he had mentioned, you know, doing uh, something as simple as doing some pushups during breakfast or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, you know, Hey, if I can just do this, this one thing, um, it's counted and I can at least say, Hey, I've done a little bit of chest study uh, today or something like that. And tried tried to improve in chess in some way. Cause I think that's something that uh, probably every adult improver feels like we're not doing enough. Like I, you know, you, you finished, yeah. you finished it maybe a, uh, you're studying a little bit and then you uh, do some tactics or whatever. And you're like, what I really needed to do is, you know, do five end game studies, read mm-hmm. a chapter of the recent book I'm in and master the knight and uh, Bishop checkmate, which I still have never been able to do. No, I haven't tried it. Um, yeah. I went through that last night actually, where I was like, I did some tactics puzzles. I had a late meeting. I also had work to do when I got home. So I had very little time. And I was like, this is not enough. Like, what can I do to feel good about my day? So it was like, I laid in bed and read, read through two Capablanca games and chess predecessors, but I didn't do it at quite the active level I would have if I hadn't had this really long day. I just wanted to be able to say like to myself, I did more than just five puzzles, which just didn't feel like enough for me. It was just kind of a funny psychology with that. That happens with me all the time. That it really does. And uh, even when I feel like I have a really good day of studying chess, I always feel like well, there's something maybe I could have done a little bit more. But I guess that's yeah. chess is a is a, a vast ocean for sure. Mm-hmm. Actually, I meant to ask you about that. Um, I think your last uh, guest, uh, Jeremy Kane, was talking about my great predecessors. Have you? I, I have always heard that they are just uh, filled with tons of variations. And what you guys were talking about, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, kind of just skip over those variations. Don't worry yeah. about them and just kind of go through mm-hmm. um, because there's something very appealing. That's one thing I've not done a lot of is going back over the classics. Um, I know it's talked about a lot uh, this next year. I want to kind of um, I have like goals that I want to do. I want to basically study the world champions in order starting with Steinitz and everything I've, I've done a little bit this year kind of dabbled in with Steinitz and uh, I, I I think I've actually gotten a pretty good picture of Steinitz this year it's not like I'm blown away with his games so yeah. perhaps next year focusing on guys like Lasker or something like that kind of in mm-hmm. order I just that's a, that's an area of my chest that is 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 definitely missing um, is the understanding yeah. of the classics. So what do you think of the predecessors book? Uh, I love it. I yeah. really love it. I'm a historian, 
by mm-hmm. trade. So like, I like history and I think Kasparov does this brilliant job of blending stories, but not like a historian level stories, tons yeah. of games, like a little blurb, a game that demonstrates that blurb. And yes, he has a lot of extra computer lines. And if you mm-hmm. just look at that, that's intimidating, but on something like forward chess, which is where I'm reading it, I'm able to just skip over those lines and then jump in when I want to without having to reassemble the board, right? I'm just like, that one actually looks important. I want to see that line. And I can just flip through it real quick without sort of losing the thread of the game, mm-hmm. jump right back to that other position, and then really, really focus on the game. And I try my best to ignore all his question marks because like every like especially with the pre-Capablanca chapters it's just like every move every move is a question mark or a double question mark you're like like, dude I just want to enjoy Morphe's game okay I don't need all the question marks all over that is awesome so that part's funny but starting with the the Capablanca games I feel like we're we're really getting into like good games like good modern games some of his opponents like he'll be like in this game, Capablanca completely whomps his opponent because they were bad. And you're like, okay, <laughs> fine. let's see this, quote, bad opponent. And they're making way better moves than I would make. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm a little insulted here, Kasparov, but okay. Oh, that's um, but that's yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I don't. I have no idea how far I'll go. I don't think I'm interested in the modern games through that lens. I think I'd rather read, like, other game collections. Sure. But I am really enjoying this, especially since... The, the advice I've gotten is that there is not a good Capablanca collection in English anyway. And so yeah. like, okay, this, this feels like a good way to go through those games. Didn't Capablanca his best games? Is that not a good one? Um, my best uh, game. Or, or, in uh, the research it's, it's, I've done yeah. that there's yeah. just not a, a great one. It's the same thing. Alakine has a, has a pretty good one yeah. in, in print. Yeah, um, but it's kind of expensive, and so I got the Kindle version. And the Kindle version, I hate to use words like this, but it is garbage. Like, yeah, yeah. there'll be like five wrong moves, yeah, out of seven, and you're just like, what? Like this, this is. I was trying to do it like a guess your move thing, so I have to not only guess the move, but guess if Kindle has made an error. Like, yes, it was so bad that I'm like, no, this has to be a Kindle error. He's not just going to randomly move his king, and they're like, just kidding, it was the knight. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so that's that's been a little frustrating, but uh, I, I so I, I basically bottom line is I think credit predecessors is great, and yeah. I would say just give yourself permission to skip the computer lines, just mm-hmm. enjoy the game for what it is. He's still giving you commentary, even if you don't go yeah. through every one of these computer lines, and just just ignore those and enjoy the game. That might be just what I need. I don't know. Uh, I w- I was thinking like taking a year deep dive into each person, you know, try oh, to wow. get, get each, uh, you know, spend the next do like a uh, <laughs> Neil Bruce uh, uh, mm. approach 10 years to the next 10 world. But, you know, maybe maybe just an overview and uh, that digestion of um, of uh, Masters games. That's that's another thing I try to add in, you know, these, these mm-hmm. game collections and stuff. I love I love going over them. But in reality, like some game collection books that are highly recommended, I'll start walking through them. I'll just, you know, if I have them on the Gambit uh, chess app or the forward chess, I'll go through some of the games. And, and I don't know, some, sometimes 
you just have to find that book that resonates. I think you even mentioned this in one of your recent podcasts. You got to find a book that resonates with you. I was reading a book. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to mention the name of it because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it is very highly recommended by uh-huh. like everybody. Is it and Zurich 1953? No, it's not. It's okay, not. Okay. It's, it's actually, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have anything to do with the author. It's the, um, understanding chess move by move. I think it was, uh, by none John Nunn. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I wasn't inspired by some of those games, to be honest with you. I, um, I'm about three quarters the way done and I'm planning to finish it. I'm planning to finish it. I just, yeah. And I, I, you know, that probably just shows my lack of chess understanding, but I Mm. wasn't, uh, I wasn't blown away. Um, yeah, I wasn't either. Oh, hey, I, at least we're not. <laughs> yeah, I have it as maybe, well. And it's fine. Yeah. Like, but it's yeah. for me, it's not like if it was the only chess book, I would yeah. devour it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're so spoiled now that it's yeah. like, do you yeah. want to learn from Fisher? Do you want to learn from yeah. Kasparov? And it's like, Nun's yeah. book is fine, but I, I've opted for other directions. Another yeah. book I'm doing is uh, My 60 Memorable Games from Fisher. Yeah. I've never done that, but everybody recommends it. So. Yeah. It's it's a fun book because uh, Fisher really likes his own moves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> double double exclam every yeah. time. And then uh, the other funny thing is, there's a lot of just like and Black's better here, and you're like, yeah. whoa, you're a yeah. lot better than me. Can yeah. you lay it out for me? And he's like, no. Yeah. Uh, and so I had dropped the book actually. Yeah. And I was like, this is just it's not working for me. And Kostya had such a great line for me. He said like. No, no. When he does that and you don't understand, that's your moment to dig in and say like, wow, I'm really lacking something here. Like there's no better way to figure out where your weaknesses are is when someone says this is easy. I don't even need to tell you and you're lost. So I've kind of taken that as an inspiration to uh, retry that book. And I've been enjoying it more with that mentality. That's great. That's great. I need to, uh, I need to go through that, but I keep telling myself, I got to start, I got to start way back, you know, um, start with the, start with like science and keep going forward. But yeah, everybody recommends my, my 60 memorable games. That that's probably a huge portion that's lacking in my, my chess, uh, understanding is the, is the classics. I just, I've not spent a lot of time in them for sure. I'm, I'm the same. And I'm, I'm really like, again, it's the adult improver problem, right? Yeah. If I had 18 hours a day, I would yeah. start with the first world champion and go through. Mm-hmm. But as an adult improver, I look at those games and I'm like, the problem with those games is they're not really playing modern chess. And so like how much will seeing King's gambits yeah. and really weird yeah. moves yeah. actually help me? Like, I don't mind appreciating that's, those. Yeah. Games. That's another thing but, about going through master's games with me is I have to basically, if I don't A, play the opening or B, have any interest in the opening, it's very yeah. difficult for me to say, okay, this is an awesome game. And yeah, a lot yeah. of those old, old school games, they're playing these wild open, you know, gambit lines and stuff like that. And I, I don't normally play that. I don't. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it's not as interesting, but once you get into the middle game, you get these ideas, there's some richness to it, but uh, mm-hmm. it reminds you with talking about the books, a book I purchased recently, um, is the uh, Dreveretsky's annual Endgame Manual, but the Fast Track Edition. Oh, I want to hear a review of this. Yeah, it reminded me when we were talking about books because things that resonate. Um, a few weeks ago, you know, the Twitter community, you got to love it. I love the I love the um, the encouragement to stay accountable. So I did the 100 Days of Chess and I was finishing up with that. And I was like, what am I going to do? There's 50 days left in the year. I'm going to do 50 days of Endgames. Ooh. And uh, I actually quit... Um, 
a few weeks back because I'm really just focusing in on this tournament coming up in a few weeks. So I said, I'm just going to set that aside to the next to next year. But in the meanwhile, I, I purchased this Jabareski's in-game in manual, the Fast Track Edition, recently published, came out by Russell Enterprises. And I know everybody jokes about the Dreverevsky's Endgame Manual, and I don't actually, I've never even, I don't own it. I've never read it. I just intimidated by it. It's like, you know, for all I know, it's, 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 a, you know, 2000 pages and it starts with the, uh, the knight and, and bishop checkmate or something. Also, like that. the minimum rating to read it is 3200. Yeah. I thought, I, I, I thought I heard 34, but if you, if you're starting at 32, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think Carl Alpha Zero is currently <laughs> reading it and yeah. having a great time. So, but when I saw this coming out, I thought, well, that's not, that's interesting. And in light of our conversation earlier about 100 end games, you must know, I have found, and I'm only the first chapter or two into this. Um, and then I kind of set it aside because I'm going to come back to it. His writing style and explanation is so much more clear than, um, 100 end games you must know i actually am really looking forward to coming back to this one and uh, it's really thin obviously your listeners can't see i think i'll look here how many pages it is with everything in it there's only like it's only 215 pages it's pretty thin but supposedly it just focuses on the i guess in the original encyclopedic dreveretsky's endgame manual there was like these blue or highlighted positions that you need to know um, and I think that's what they focused on uh, when they when they republished this. But I really like it. Um, I, I found the explanations much uh, much better, and I the positions even just kind of flipping through it now seem much more practical. I went through the the rook and pawn endgame portion of the 100 endgames you must know, and I think I did not understand anything. Apart from the Lucena and Philidor positions that yeah. I've seen before, at yeah. the end of that, those two chapters, the ones with multiple pawns, the ones with like one pawn, I don't think I could tell you one thing from those two chapters. That like oh, I'm my. just like that. I was like, wow, those are that's really that's really complicated stuff. I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't. now pawn end games are cool, but <laughs> rook end games not. I guess they're way beyond my uh, my understanding right now for sure. Yeah, and that's tough when you invest quite a bit of time to do that. As an yeah. adult prover, it's our limited time. Yeah. And then you come away and you're like, I actually don't know anything from that. That yeah. hurts. Like you're yeah. like, oh, and maybe, maybe like chess. It's not like something you just learn it, then obviously you can translate it to to your chess. I, I find that it is true. You you study something and then it's like months later, it starts to assimilate into your chess. So maybe who knows? Maybe in this tournament or ne next year, I'll play a game and say, Oh, I, I remember this rook maneuver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I really want to get to this tournament, by the way, that you're talking about at the end of the, the North season. American Open. Yeah, I went to the one in Vegas in June. I'm in L.A., so it's not a huge track, um, but I just went to a tournament. I don't know if my family is going to be supportive of this because it feels like a lot of people are going to go to this event. You and, should. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. You should. I, I've i only been to this tournament once before. It was way mm. back in like 2017. It was a – I just had a blast. I had a great time. Most of the tournaments I play in – uh, just with the family responsibilities, work responsibilities, I, I don't get to play very many. Normally, they're like one day on the on a Saturday. I would go up to the Mechanics Institute or something like that um, cool. up in San Francisco. Those are really tough tournaments because you you play <laughs> in this kind of like uh, five round. 45 minute uh, um, uh, open Swiss. And so you win your first game against an 1100 and then you're playing an international master of the second round. You're like, okay, all right, we got this. Yeah. So no problem. 
Yeah. That's funny. I, I will say this also. Um, I just came back from a tournament and it was like 80% little kids. Yes. And I yes. have no problem playing against little kids. My, yes. my child plays chess and I think it's, it's great. But if one of your goals from playing chess is to like build community and friendships and things like that, like not surprisingly, 10 year olds are not super excited after the game to like hang yeah. out and talk. They want to go play with their 10 year old buddies. Um, and the, the Vegas tournament, there were definitely kids there, but it felt more like maybe even like 60, 40 adults. Um, maybe it's just because Vegas as a place is a little more of a, of adult destination. So I don't know. It's just such a, a, a different feeling of like 80% kids versus only like 40% kids. So yeah. It, it's a great, and it may, maybe because of the cost too, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a higher, you know, the entry fees and, you know, staying in the hotels and all that, all that, that probably maybe deters some, some kids from coming, going, but uh, I, I would, yeah, I would highly recommend it. would be cool to, to catch up with you and meet you yeah. in real life, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, if you, if you do go, let me know for sure. Let, I will. The, let the chess punks community know, say, Hey, I'm like, I'd like to go. I'm just saying, I'd there like you to go. go. Definitely like to go. All right. I asked you this question before and you didn't answer it. So I'm going to ask it again. Okay. We're going to try again. We're going to try a second time. Joel, how many hours a day are you playing chess or studying oh. chess? Yeah, I was I was avoiding that because it's no, I wasn't sure you if know? you were ducking it or what was yeah. Going? It's uh see if my wife if my wife hears this and she oh. hears how much time no <laughs> how much Uh-oh. time I actually okay. In in fairness, um I will I try to do about an hour a day of some form of chest study. Um, I have a little uh, Evernote uh, file thing that I try to say, Hey, I'm focusing on this this week. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what the best plan is, you know, when it comes to studying, but I just, I'll maybe write something out on a weekly basis or say, Hey, this is what we're doing. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll spend uh, about an hour and that, that includes things like uh, chessable reviews. It includes things like uh, I, I, I say hard tactics with his, like the rated ones on chess.com or, or CTR or something like that, or going through calculation, uh, doing some end game studies. Um, those are really just the, this month. That's kind of all I'm doing is those, those mm-hmm. kind of things is if, if I'm focusing on more of calculation tactics and, and doing some opening reviews. So mm-hmm. yeah, on a, on a normal day, about an hour. Um, okay. and I try to play at least one rapid game a day and that's a game game 10 it's not i mean that's only a 20 minute investment Mm -hmm. um and that doesn't count towards your hour that's an addition no no that just yeah it's just uh i normally will either pop up my ipad or something like that play on lead chess or chess.com and sometimes on my computer whatever wherever i'm at but i try to play at least um one rapid game a day don't always get it in but um Mm -hmm. for the most part i i i say pretty consistently try to do that now some days you know i'll get a couple hours or you know two or three hours of chess study in but yeah i'm about i'm in the i'm in the one hour one hour range i would imagine okay and like when you're playing your chess games are you carving out spaces of time or like the kids in the background you're like i'm gonna go for it anyway if the, if the kids distract me that's fine it really depends um last night i actually had uh some extra time last night i don't know what made last night different i'm trying to remember but the kids went to bed early so that's always a Ooh. great thing right oh kids, kids bed early <laughs> and uh um I, I had been getting over a cold through this last weekend and I was feeling great yesterday. It's like new lot in life. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I ended up playing um, 
quite a few rapid games on Lee Chess. I was actually trying to break my my all time rapid rating uh, uh, record, and I came close, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't crest over there. But uh, so I was playing some rapid. So I think last night between tactics and maybe some rap. I think I was playing for couple hours come three hours maybe you know so wow that's awesome sometimes they, sometimes they get that okay do you have any current goals right now i know before you said originally it was like master do you have any goals or is the goal just kind of like do what i can every day and see what happens there's always like short-term goals I, I i would love to play more over the board tournaments where i am at in life it's kind of there's a there's a local tournament that comes here to fresno in august um and it's it's a big it's one of the um the same, the same team that does the North American Open, the okay. Continental Chess or whatever, they come out here. I played in that one in August, had a awesome time, just really enjoyed that nice. those longer games. And then really this one in Vegas. So it's like it's like two, two tournaments a year. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to play in more tournaments. That would probably be a, a goal. As far as rating goals, I really don't have any. I know it sounds it sounds like almost uh, like it's uh, like I'm just false humility or something like that. But in reality, I, I enjoy, I enjoy chess. I really love chess. And so now granted, if I go to this tournament in Vegas, I lose every single game. I will probably be <laughs> really uh, depressed and saying I'm, I'm quitting chess, you know, but yeah. um, no, I, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy, I enjoy learning. I feel like I am growing in, in understanding of the game of chess. And so, yeah, it, it would be awesome to one day say I have some, I, I, you know, people mock at the, uh, the, like the NM title. If I got an NM title, if I got a national master title one day, that would be amazing. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I would say maybe 2000 USCF would be nice. Hmm. Yeah. That's a nice number. Um, what section are you going to play in, in the tournament? Are you going to go under 1700? Or are you going to bump up to under 1900? That was, uh, I went back and forth with that a lot. And okay. I know that, um, I'm actually playing in the under 1700 okay. and uh, it, I don't know if it's the best for my chess. I, but I'm realizing, cause this game, this tournament that I played in August, um, I was playing in these under 1700 as well. And I would get paired against like an 1100 um, kid and, and kind of echoing what you said, I think in the, uh, I played, I, th I think I took a buy in one round, but the four games that I played, I think three of them were kids. Um, so, um, so yeah, the, some of these kids, I, I, one of the kids I, I played was like 12 or 11, something almost 1200. And he came very, very close to beating me. So it was, it really put it, uh, so I'm not sure. I, uh, I, I kind of go back and forth. I, I, if you went, would you play in the 1700 or the 1900? Uh, uh, so we'll say this in the last tournament I played in, I played in the under 2000 section. Oh, wow. Good for you. <laughs> and, and it didn't go great. Like, yeah. it actually made me start rethinking things about my chest. And I had to really stop myself and be like, dude, you were playing in a way higher section. Yeah. The fact that you had a winning position against a 1900, against mm -hmm. an 1800, 1850 and blew it means that you're doing pretty well. Yeah. It's just these people are not going to roll over when just because you're winning. Yeah. Um, you have to actually close it out. So it's tough. Um, the one thing I really do like about it is that I'm constantly being pushed to play against better people and improve my chess. And then I have this weird psychological thing of if I lose, I'm never devastated. It's kind of like, yeah. well, that person was 300 points better than me. 
I really had no business beating them anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to get a true reflection on what your rating is because like you're you're playing against people who are I like I know I'm not 2000. Right? That's just yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting part of me. Part of me. The reason why I, I registered, and obviously you can change it. Uh, but the reason I, I, I registered for the under 1700 is part of me wants to go to this tournament, put every ounce of energy that I can focus, you know, say I've done everything I can and really ask myself, am I beyond the 1700 mark? Okay. I've been here for the last couple of years, granted with, with COVID and the lack of tournaments, um, just haven't really been able to play much, but, um, yeah, I just want to know, like, where is my level at now? I know myself, if I played in the under 1900 and I got paired with an 1850 or 1860, I lose, I'd be like, Oh, it's because I played in 1860. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, you know, I, I, I kind of want to say, Hey, can I, can I beat players that are, you know, my strength? Um, so we'll yeah. see. I think another problem with my approach for me is it gives me kind of a psychological out. Yeah. That's lose. yeah. And I, I'm wondering if that's actually been bad for me. Like I, I really had, I was up four pawns against a night, like a 1900 and uh, had to, had to squeak out a draw at the end. Like I Ouch. had to really play well to get a draw. Yeah. And I was able to tell myself like, it's okay, but it's not okay. Like I was up four pawns. What are you doing? Like, uh, how do you even not crush in that position? Yeah. And I mean, not like four pawns with like Queens off and just kind of like, yeah, this is a pretty straightforward win. And on top of that, no time trouble at all. Like there are oh. zero excuses. It's Ouch. Ouch. Awful. Hey. Every, uh, every chess player has been there before. You know, if I look back, I, I, I'm thinking of two specific games and they both were at the mechanics Institute where I, uh, uh, the, the mechanics chess club, if you've never been uh, to the San Francisco chess club, it's actually really a cool place. But, um, the, um, I was playing, uh, this was a few years ago and I think my rating was maybe like just at the 1500 mark or something. And I was playing this guy that was over 2000, I had a, a just a great. I was completely winning. I was completely winning. I had to mm -hmm. find one move, and uh, I, I blew it. And then the last time I played there was actually February, like February first, twenty twenty, right before everything uh, oh, wow. shut down. And I was playing against a fourteen hundred player, and um, I've I've called it the. I've showed it to my students. It is the most painful game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I was I was up a rook. Oh. I was up a bishop. Oh my. And I fell into this cross pin where he pinned my queen and he skewered and he won my queen. And I, it was oh. just, it was, it was like there was probably six moves I could have played <laughs> that kept the winning advantage. And then that one move, everything fell apart. And, uh, it was devastating. Like that was probably the most painful loss I've ever had in my, in my, in my over the board chess experience. They, 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 they hit differently when you're playing over the board for sure. They really do. Especially yeah. when you invest six hours into a match and you're up four pawns and, oh. Oh. and then afterwards your opponent goes, I think you might've had an advantage there. Like, really? <laughs> Really, you think? <laughs> I, I think I agree with you. I think it might have been like plus 0.25 or something. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to go out uh, out on a limb here and say oh, that I was goodness. maybe winning. Yeah. Um, real quick about your study plans. It, it kind of sounds like 
like you were doing end game. So do you do that? Do you, do you label something and you're like, I'm going to work for a month on this particular thing. Are you jumping all over the place? Like, how are you doing those study plans? Yeah. If you could see my screen on my little Evernote file, I have in big red, bold font quality versus quantity. Mm, um, and um, I think it was John Bartholomew. And, and I, I love everybody's approach to chess every I get little bits of everybody like I every time I try something new it's probably somebody else said it on a podcast or somebody said it on Twitter and I'm like oh that's a great idea I should probably do that but something he mentioned on Twitter one time is um I'm totally paraphrasing but basically the time that you spend crafting the perfect study plan just study you know just study and I have um I have for me, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I have time to study. What should I do? I have um, uh, categories. I have categories. So one of them would be openings. One of them would be uh, tactics, uh, you know, uh, calculation and game studies. Those are kind of the ones I'm focusing on right now. Theoretical end games as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, ha- I know I have resources and I have stuff available to me if I have a certain amount of time. And the thing that's been working for me is it's the um, the thirty minute um, uh, the thirty minute uh, process basically. I, I I jump from one thing to the next. That's just my personality. I'm 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 it, it, I'll, I'll buy a book and it's like oh this is great and then somebody says you got to read this one I'll read that one. So I'm like you know what I don't think I'm going to be the guy that says I'm going to spend you know three years on tactics like Neil Bruce and, and Astrid. That would be awesome. I just don't have that kind of patience and I probably won't in- improve as fast as him. But um, when I do study, I say okay. For the next 30 minutes, I'm focusing on this one thing. And oftentimes that goes and goes beyond. And so I just, I'll literally set a timer. I'll set a timer on my computer, Mm. on my clock, on my, on my, um, on my uh, phone or something and say the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be studying this opening line. I'm going to be studying, you know, uh, these tactics. I'm going to focus in uh, because um, my, one of the struggles I have is, is just really zoning in for serious study. It's Mm. easy for me to do, you know, do some puzzle rush or do some, you know, easy basic tactics or something like that, or, or drill some openings that I pretty much have memorized, but I just want to say that, Hey, I, I, I got hundred percent on these, you know, but the hard stuff, um, I, yeah, I use the, uh, uh, the 30 minute philosophy. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if it's a thing. I heard it somewhere from some, something somewhere is, is about, uh, is spending those, uh, uh, concentrated 30 minutes on a specific thing in my chest study. And then, whatever the next thing, but another 30 minute block. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're getting close to the end and I haven't asked you some big questions. So let's start here. If you had to name some resources, some books, some video series, anything you can point people to where you're like, this thing was great. And he, here's why. That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, I probably should have thought through that question before, <laughs> before, uh, before you asked it. I've used so many different resources mm-hmm. that um, you kind of just pick and choose from different things that have helped you. Um, I not to like sound cliche. I do if if there's if there's any chess per if any chess player that's never tried chessable, I would at least try chessable out. Um, I think a remarkable um, course is the 1001 chess exercises for beginners. Um, hmm. not all of those are beginner tactics, but they're <laughs> great. They're great tactics, um, uh, to study. 
Um, I really like the checkmate patterns uh, manual. Um, I'm not all the way through that, but for what I've studied in it, it has been incredibly helpful. When it comes to um, when it comes to tactics, I, there's so many there's so many uh, online resources like Chess.com, Lee Chess, Chess Tempo that it's it's almost hard for me to like recommend. Hey, this one book on tactics mm -hmm. is better. When I'm like, you can you can flip open your phone and uh, and study and study the tactics there. Um, Real quick with tactics, do you just do? whatever you feel like, what, what site. So what happened for me is I just started doing them on chess.com mm -hmm. and I liked that I could then have a graph if I just, yeah, there. And yeah. now it feels great. They're like, you've done 5,800 tactics. And I'm no, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I had split it over all these sites, I, I feel like I couldn't track it as easily. Yeah. I do most of my tactics on chess.com. And then oh, I no. ended up grinding super hard to get like a ridiculous, my tactics uh, rating hit 3000. And I was like, yes, <laughs> oh, yes, goodness. yes. And it's then computer people. And then basically from then on, like, I was like, what do I do? I don't want to mess with my tactics training every time I get on there. And so like now it's like 29 something or whatever. And I literally need to just stop worrying about it and just go back. Cause I was doing tactics on chess.com like all the time. Now I've been recently um, doing it, the CTR going through CTR on my, um, on my phone. Uh, with the uh, the Chess King app, that's kind of what I, I do uh, most every day. One 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 resource that I actually find to be very helpful because the when you do rated tactics, they obviously get harder and harder and harder. And sometimes I'll sit you know and and solve like two tactics on Chess.com because they're like crazy crazy hard. And uh, that'll they'll they'll take me like thirty minutes to do the two tactics or whatever. But um, uh, a, a very underrated uh, resource uh, for tactics training, at least daily training, is a uh, is the survival puzzle rush, in my opinion, um, mm. because puzzle rush when it's timed is not uh, maybe the greatest resource out there. I, I mean, it, it's fun. I love doing it. I love doing it. I like to try to uh, get higher ratings. But if you really try to focus, because it starts with your basic tactics, obviously, but then it goes increasingly gets more and more difficult. Um, I really enjoy it. If I really say, Hey, I'm going to set aside some time and focus, um, to get through a, a good session with a survival puzzle, puzzle rush, that'll take me an hour. Um, hmm. you know, cause before you, um, uh, fail out. So yeah, I actually, I think like if, if you wanted to like, try to like simplify your chess study, and that's something I try to do a lot is just like, Hey, set it aside and simplify it, um, is to, uh, do survival puzzle rush. So okay that sounds good any um are you mostly books and online resources or do you have like video series you've watched i i know you're talking about john bartholomew earlier did you go through like some of his early videos or are videos not really a place you go for serious study no i i um i love the video content ironically uh <laughs> some of the video content from way back like John's YouTube channel, uh, some of those videos from ICC when there it used to be like a desert uh, for any chess content out there, you would you would soak up anything that you could get your hands on. Now there's just just so much um, chess content that I don't find myself with my personality to be as engaged when I'm um, you know watching a video than I am reading a book. Most of the books that I read, right now, like if I'm actually going to finish a book, um, 
it is going to be like yourself on the forward chess app on my iPad. Mm-hmm. And I going through that, I'm just, I just pulled up the, uh, they have it on the, uh, the computer as well. It's kind of looking through the library and it just reminded me some of the books that I've found the, I've not finished it, but I've done a, a, a good chunk of it is that Van Perlow's Endgame tactics. Those are phenomenal. Those are really, really kind of talking about uh, endgame tactics. That one is really, really good. Um, every time I pick that one up, I'm, I'm inspired or I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Um, I don't actually, I mean, I, I think I even tweeted about it like a couple of months ago. Like I don't finish that many chess books. I don't like read cover to cover. Like, oh, I finished. I, I ended up finishing uh, winning chess strategies by Yasser Sarawan, which was excellent, which was excellent. Um, that was one of the ones I went like cover to cover. I'll oftentimes read through it and I'll kind of set it aside and think, and I used to really feel bad about that. I used to think like, oh, I'm not finishing this. I'm not getting the most out of it. But I feel like if you're learning, if you're learning and you're, uh, you're, you're inspired or it's helping your chest in some way, I don't feel like there's a, a hard, fast rule that you have to actually finish every book that you, that you start. Um, and some books are better to just set aside. They're not that great. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, just gotta let it go. Actually, that book I mentioned earlier, guide to chess improvement. That is one I read cover to cover by Dan Heisman. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very good. That was, um, I, I think I was probably like, I would, I would say I was probably like a 1200, 1300 strength player then when I read it cover to cover. And, um, it was, it was exactly what I needed at that time. Nice. That's good. I, I haven't heard that, um, recommended for that level. So that's really good. Um, all right. So you said recently you picked up a coach. So a couple of questions. First question is why now it's been 10 years. Why yeah. now were you like, now's the time for a coach. And then the second question is, do you feel like having a coach has really helped you in some way? Well, uh, why now is, uh, is definitely, uh, I can credit the chess, uh, dojo talk. Uh, they did, uh, dojos. Do you ever, do you listen to that one? Ever? Oh yeah. I love the yeah. dojo talks. Yeah. Uh, the dojo talks with, uh, I think it was, I know that all three of them were recommending a coach, but Jesse was basic. Jesse cry was just grandmaster cry was, he was just really, you know, hitting that you, you need a, you need a coach. I, and it, I stopped, I thought it was, that's kind of crazy. I never had a coach. I just kind of, you know, I think, I think in, in sometimes in chess, you just feel like, Oh, I can do this on my own. I can read my books. Mm-hmm. I can watch the videos. You know, you can, any, anybody can do that. So um, they had mentioned, you know, I, I, I feel like it's, it's just kind of the reality. I, I don't know if I could afford a uh, grandmaster in the United States, <laughs> their rates, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go and leech us. I'm going to look around and see if I know. And I, I messaged, I kind of put some feelers out and I got a, a test lesson with, a, a, I think, a FIDE master. He was really good. I great guy. Um, and then um, I ended up uh, reaching out to uh Milovan Ratkovic from um, Serbia, actually, his international master. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And um, very reasonably priced. And uh, we, we had our first lesson. He just, he, he let me pay for an initial lesson. And I was blown away. Hmm. I was absolutely blown away. He had asked me, he basically made a lead chess study and he said, throw some games that you've played, you know, or recently at tournament, recent tournaments and some, some of the rapid games, the, I don't know if a coach is the guy that's going to be like, Hey, here's some chess puzzles, or here's a theoretical end game that I'm going to teach you, but his ability to walk through my games and analyze them real time 
and show me areas. And it's not just like, oh yeah, the computer says you should move your night to E4 or something like that. Mm -hmm. It is plans and ideas. It's like, he knows so much more about chess than I even can imagine. It is it's yeah. mind boggling. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I would say if you want to answer your question of the best resource that I've ever, that I've, I've personally paid for is a chess coach, hmm. but you, I don't think if you did it, you, you have to have somebody and he's, he's awesome. I, I mean, I, I, I found him on, on, on Lee chess. I know he does quite a few different videos for like uh, some uh, somewhat chess websites. He does opening videos two things that have been very helpful, his ability to analyze or uh, go through the games after I've already analyzed them. Like th that tournament I played in August, I probably spent, I even put them up. I have a like, small YouTube channel. I, I threw them up there and I analyzed them there and I analyzed my, my own. But when he went through them, it was like, my mind was just open. I was like, Whoa, mm. I didn't even, I, I totally missed this idea. I totally missed, you know, and he's not giving me stockfish lines. He's just giving me, okay, you know, you're placing your pieces in the wrong position or here's this and that. Yeah. So yes, that has been incredibly helpful. And his understanding of openings. Um, hmm. I, I, I have had, a, a, when I got back into chess, I had a very unhealthy relationship with openings. I would change my opening repertoire literally like every week. I'd go to the, I'd, oh. go, to the, I'd go to the, I'd go to the club and then I'd get destroyed. It's like, <laughs> it was the opening's fault. You know, it has nothing to do with the <laughs> fact that I, I blundered my night on move five, but it's the yeah. opening. So Definitely. I was like, I was, yeah, of course. And so I'd be changing my, so thankfully in the last three years, I've kind of stuck to the same openings that I've, I'm just, I don't, I don't play anything really theoretical. I just stick with it. But, um, and he knows those openings that I play very well. Um, and, um, but he, he has an ability to answer the questions that I, I've had, but I didn't really like articulate them. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know. Cause Stockfish doesn't know. And nobody else knows And the book, the chess book I'm reading doesn't know. So big deal. And he's given me so many opening ideas in the, I don't know what we've had four, uh, four lessons so far that, um, it's better than any chess resource that I've purchased. I mean, I just, I'm, in, I'm very impressed. I don't know why it took me this long to get a chess coach. I, uh, um, he's not paying me to endorse him. So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, but, uh, no, he's, he's great. He's, he's, he, uh, yeah. uh, openings, I think opening understanding, cause he's not just telling you lines, he's giving you ideas and that's mm -hmm. infinitely more important than just knowing the lines in where I'm at. And um, he's giving me ideas in the opening and he's being able to analyze and, and my games. And that's, that's worth it. Yeah. I think everyone has echoed that, right? Everyone who has a coach is like, that's why I have a coach. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I, I have a friend uh, at school who's just started playing. She's like yeah. 700 lead chess. And I, I've been able to do that with her. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. So um, you moved your night there. Why? And she's like, yeah. what do you mean, why? And I was like, well, you have to have a reason why. And she was like, okay. And then she's kind of embarrassed to tell me the reason because it backfired so badly. And let's like, oh, it's okay. Just tell me the reason, right? And then it's like, okay. And then, so now that I know your reason, like what, how could you have accomplished that same thing but with a different piece or, or in a different strategy? And like, that's been really helpful for her. And it, it's kind of funny for me to be in that position that like, I'm basically like uh, a, a titled player is to me, I am to her. And so it's been, it's been kind of fascinating for me to see both ends of that. And it sounds like you're doing that a bit too. What, what level are you coaching? Well, I actually, uh, at our, uh, we have an Academy at our, at our uh, school there. And um, 
I teach the elementary chess class. I, tell, I teach a junior high chess class. I also teach uh, a couple individual chess lessons throughout the week, uh, but we're talking basic. I, I teach probably the uh, highest rated player is probably uh, maybe 12, 1300, I would say, you know, in our, but it's one or two kids are, are pretty good in our, in our junior high there. But, um, but yeah, the basics, I, I, I love teaching chess. I love teaching chess to my kids. I, I know you, you'd echoed that. Um, you had mentioned in one of your podcasts about uh, going over the, the games, uh, world championship games. I've actually done that with my kids and showed mm-hmm. them the, uh, showed them some of the things, so even showed them some of the recap videos and they're, they're glued. They're like, this is cool. Yeah. You know, so he loves Gotham chess. As well. Yes. Yes. Levy's yes. just so amazing at he really breaking is good. stuff yeah. down like that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, there's maybe, I don't know, a hundred channels right now that are recapping the uh, world championship. But every day I, I, I jump onto uh, Gotham chess and watch his recap video. Cause I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy his content. Yeah, me too. Well, Joel, um, this has been phenomenal. I feel like we could talk for another couple hours. We'll definitely have to catch up again in like, yeah. as I cycle through people to check in a year later. So, so Joel, where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Let's, let's hear about this YouTube channel of yours. Yeah, I have, uh, I have at least, um, two or three, uh, uh, faithful viewers on my, uh, YouTube channel. Now it's, it's dad life chess. I chose that name. Uh, I'm a dad of four and, um, I'm on Twitter at, uh, dad life chess and, uh, same chess.com Lee chess. So it's all the, it's all the same. And the YouTube is dad life chess. I try to, it's actually the YouTube channel has been kind of fun for me because, um, I mean, it's, it's a brand new channel, kind of a th- not, not, not a whole lot of content there, but I, um, I'll play a rapid game and I'll just talk through my thoughts on the game and then analyze it afterwards. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I have other ideas to add to it, but it's more, it's more, <laughs> it's more for me to just say, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to play a rapid game. I'm going to talk through my, you know, my thought process and then, uh, look at, look at the analysis afterwards. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that. I stream on Twitch. Um, sometimes I was, I was streaming my 60 memorable games and it's really for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's you hanging out with me while I'm doing yeah. my work. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm especially entertaining, but if you want to hang out with me, offer up your suggestions, we can talk about them. Um, I'm having a good time with it, but it's not, it's not to make the bucks, right? I'm not doing no, anything no. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's um, the idea of it's learning in public. It's the idea of, uh, you know, yeah. being able to do that. I, I, I actually dabbled and I, I, I may come back to, uh, Twitch as well. Also dad life chess. Um, but, uh, that it's just hard for me to break away that amount of time. I, yeah. I find, um, I like, I can, I can record a video, a YouTube video, and then post it, you know, later or something like that, do it at weird hours or something, but it's hard for me to like, Hey, I'm going to chalk up, I'm going to chalk up three hours of time and, and do something on Twitch. So, yeah. Here's the funny thing. I don't, I stream for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot get an audience streaming for 40 minutes, but that's fine. That's not my goal. My goal is to, you know, interact with the community members who want to interact and that's really fine. There's something, really, there's something really good about doing that. It's just almost even a built-in accountability. It's like, hey, I'm going to do my chest study tonight. And exactly. uh, I'm going through this book and we're just going to roll through it. And you know what I can't do when I'm doing that? It's just flip through all the moves, right? Yeah. Like you just can't. You have yeah. to actually yeah. talk about each one. Whereas yeah. I, I'll tell them like, okay, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when I'm going through my great predecessors, laying in bed at night, I tell myself, we're going to carefully look at every move. 
And I noticed eight moves slipped by. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. let's yeah. back up for a second. I don't even know what just happened. How exactly. do we get in this position? So yeah, streaming it is just a great way to like be extra accountable. All right. So you can find me on Twitch. You can, I do have a YouTube channel that I am considering adding more videos. I don't know if people care, whatever. You can let me know if you do care. Uh, you can find me at Dr. Skull on uh, Twitter. I'm always hanging out on there with the, with the chess punk community and Joel Thanks so much for coming by. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was wonderful. I'm so impressed that you can uh, find so much study time with four <laughs> children and a job and other commitments. I know it's a challenge. So thanks so much. No, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. And yeah, we'll have to catch up again. And, and definitely come out to the uh, Vegas tournament in December. All right. Hopefully I'll see you in Vegas. All right. So everyone out there, have a great week. I hope your journey is a fantastic one. And if it's not, don't worry. Come back next week. Maybe we can get you some more tips and I'll see you next time.